was it was a joy to be able to go to the church planners conference and uh, they asked me to kick things off uh, this evening with a little bit of a testimony i think the plan is for each of the folks that went to give a personal testimony of what the lord did in their heart and how they chose to give and how they chose to be a stewards of all of the gifts that you all have given and so one of the things i wanted to share quickly that I, the Lord spoke to my heart. First of all, the preaching was incredible. And um, many have described that went to the conference that it was sort of a mountaintop kind of a moment. And uh, it's like a three days of a mountaintop moment. And so we just praise the Lord for what God did in our hearts, but also how we would be a blessing to so many others. And so a couple of the um, specific names uh, that the Lord spoke to my heart in terms of people that um, just really spoke to my heart, a church planner in North Dakota named uh, Justin Jorpland, and then a church planter in Savannah, Missouri named Nicholas Brown. Those were two individuals that went to this very, went to very rural areas, which as many of you know, that's my background. I grew up in a rural area with not a lot of um, solid churches in the area. And so to see them go, and they both specifically said that they had a heart for the farmers in the area. Um, and so I'll just quickly say that one of the things I love about the Church Planners Conference is you meet people from New York City, you meet people from Philadelphia, you meet people from Los Angeles, and then you meet people from a little town in the middle of North Dakota that nobody knows where it's at. Yeah. And yet the gospel need in all of those places is the same and the need for churches to be planted in those areas are the same. And so I just praise the Lord. Uh, I don't want to steal any more thunder, but I just praise the Lord for what he did and that I was able to go for the second time and that uh, I'll be getting to go again next year. So praise the Lord. I'm Vicki. I'm just a little nervous, sorry. Um, I was very thankful to be able to go on this conference, and one thing I noticed was how everybody came together to support one common mission, and that was God's plan. Everybody that was there came with the idea of supporting the men God have called to plant churches across America. So to see everybody come together as one, that was amazing to me. I watched each individual or group come with a small amount of money comparatively to what was given away as a whole. And God used that small amount of money and he multiplied it. And we watched over a million dollars be given out to do God's work. And it just reminded me of the story where, God, where Jesus takes the fish and loaves from the boys' lunch, and he multiplies that to meet his need. That's what happened at this church conference, and I was just very thankful to get to go and witness that. Um, so I want to start by thanking everybody, uh, the men and women that were praying over the conference and praying for uh, just the people that were going for their safety. Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, 
I will say that whenever I went to the conference, I wasn't. Ex I, I had an idea of what I was expecting, but I'd never been to the conference before. Um, I was. Um, I, I just want to say that I, I kind of went feeling kind of empty, you know, worn down um, from uh, from my labor in the ministry. Um, but whenever I left the conference, I left full. You know, there were many wonderful uh, sermons uh, that were preached. Um, the one that stuck out to me the most, though, was about servanthood and how when, as a servant, um, we don't work for results. You know, we work for the will of the master. Whether or not we see tangible results for us does not matter as long as we are doing his will. Was a powerful hit to me whenever I heard those words, and so I resolved in my heart not to quit until the work is done or I'm called home to heaven. So I'm thankful for the uh, for the conference in that respect, but I'm also thankful for getting a chance to see just how much love God's people have for the work and how, uh, how willing they are and giving they are to use the resources that they have sacrificially to start new churches, to reach more people and just touch the lost in places that wouldn't be possible any other way. There can be no other, uh, no other explanation than God himself. So it was a blessing and I appreciate um, all the prayers that went into this and all the support that came. Thank you. Well, let me introduce who was just up here. <laughs> That's Thomas and Vicki Shields. Um, Thomas got saved out of Satanism. Vicki got saved out of the agnostic and just all different types of things in their life, and their kids are here today. Um, I'm wearing a bus tie, everybody, what are you bus tie for? We just had bus emphasis Sunday, and there are bus captains and directors, and they're serving God. And they used to teach their kids not to talk about God, not in the house. And so the change is unbelievable. The great thing about the reason why I wanted them to go is God has called them to be church planters. And so... I'm very thankful they had the opportunity to see it in person. They watched it on video last year, um, but they had the opportunity to do that. I want to thank uh, Bible Baptist Church for introducing me to the Church Planners Conference. I love you, Pastor. And I'm thankful uh, just to give a quick report. I did not get to stay the entire time. Some guy named Andy made me leave. And um, I'm just kidding. I had some stuff at the church I had to do. But I wrote down just a couple things. Church planners remind me of the person who wants to be a fork in the road in light of eternity. When people come in contact with them, they're always making a difference in their life. This year has changed my life. This last year, going to Zambia, Jim Elliott made this statement. Father, make me of a crisis man. Bring those I contact, I, that I come in contact to decision. Let me not be a milepost on a single road. Make me a fork that men must turn one way or another on facing Christ in me. I thought about the several messages that spoke to my heart. I could be along with Thomas and saying that I went empty. Um, when you get into ministry, 
Um, sometimes uh, there's struggles, there's heartaches, there's all the different types of things. I was a church planner helper for four, uh, over 12 years uh, before I became a pastor. And we lived by faith every week of our life. We knocked probably averaged 100 doors a week as we did that. And I'll never forget those experiences as a church planner. But Brent Givens preached a message and literally tore it up. It was entitled, Behold Your God. And he made a couple statements that really stuck with me. He made this statement, we think God is weak because we think he's like us. But the Bible says we are created in his image, not he was created in our image. The biggest false prophet of our own making is our flesh. Let us keep God where he belongs in our heart. He belongs to be the king of the throne of our heart. One person that really stuck out to me was Jimmy Jackson. Jimmy Jackson's family is going to Cape Girardeau in Missouri. Um, there's only one independent work there, and it's a replant that started in September with 20 people, and it's already up to 60. There's a population of 15,000 people in Cape Girardeau, but um, there's 10,000 students at SEMU, and uh, there's 100,000 people that come into the city every single day either for work or whatever needs. I talked to him this afternoon and I asked him about his support. He's at four months and he only has 20%. He said, going out as a church planner now is a lot different than it used to be. This is the man that had the testimony that really broke my heart. He says, I should have been in Cape Girardeau 10 years ago. He said, God called me to go 10 years ago and I wonder how many people lost and died and went to hell because I didn't answer the call at that time. We're, we as a church at Pleasant Ridge are going to take the youth group down um, when they do their grand opening. We're going to go help knock doors. And I encourage if you guys want to go just to be a blessing to a church planter. But I love it when they're planting them here in Missouri. And uh, he has a special place. He's from Tony Shirley's church. I know you know who that is. And uh, I know God is using him. And he's just stepping out on faith. And I appreciate um, Bible Baptist letting us go. Uh, it's always a blessing outside of my nerves when people are driving. <laughs> and I, just real quick, I got to leave Brother Ken behind. But I see Brother Kuntz left, right? Really nice, yeah. So um, I appreciate Brother Kuntz and his heart. I appreciate this church's heart for church planning. I love you guys dearly, more than you ever know. I'm thankful for you. Because it was a conference that was very well orchestrated, very well put together, the messages and everything. And it was one of the best conferences I've been to in the last three years. And I'm here to tell you, when you let the Lord work on you, he's going to work on you. And I almost talked myself out of going about a week before this because Satan was working on me. And I said, no. And man, I'm very glad I, I went. The one, the one church that uh, stuck out to me was Scott Josh Levesque, Dearborn, Michigan. The 14th largest city in the country for Muslims. Only one independent Baptist church in Dearborn. And he's got his work cut out for him. I mean, they're not reading the Bible, they're reading the Quran. 
And it, it's, he's been there two years, and he's averaging about 30. And it just breaks my heart that, that we have allowed things like this to happen to our country. And it's, it was a blessing to get to go to this conference. Again, thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. And it, it's 80, 85% Muslim in Dearborn. And it's their, and they need the Lord more than anybody. And it's, it's a challenge. And I'm challenging each one of you to look and see what, what we can do as a church. And I'm proud to be, be a part of this because you're to be commended to allowing us take, to take what we took to the conference and distribute it amongst the three days of the conference. And these guys up here are great guys to travel with. And I, I, I love every one of them. It's a blessing to go to this conference. This is the second year I've been able to uh, to go. Um, last year I was more of uh, same same role. The the rest of these guys uh, typically take towards the uh, giving towards pledges. But uh, Brother Don took me into his confidence to start learning the spreadsheets and being able to keep track of all this kind of thing. So we were able to actually give a proper report back to y'all of what went where and why it went there. Um, but as for people that the Lord laid on my heart to give towards, a lot of it was the, uh, uh, the ministries towards the military bases. Um, a couple that were actually on, or was it just Brother Hazelwood that was on, on the sheet? Okay, so it was Brother, Brother Dennis Hazelwood. He's down, uh, near Fort Leonard Wood, and they'll give, give Marines and, I think there's army station down there too, but uh, give give all the military uh, members rides out to church and everything, and even uh, even host things in their own houses. Um, but in addition to what was already on the on the sheets that were given to us, there were a, a lot more uh, men that were around the military bases. There was uh, Brother Clint Minnick. He twenty nine palms. Uh, Brother Charles Marino, Brother Charles Marino, he, he's out in uh, um, near San Diego, and then Brother Jim Hart, who was, uh, who was with us, he was a huge blessing to be around, to listen, just how, how the Lord works through him, but he's out towards 29 Palms, and just being able to see from last year where there was only a couple of those, to this year, just a... a a tremendous growth around the uh, military bases and, and God working towards gathering in soldiers and Marines. Um, but as for like all the preaching and everything, absolute blessing from uh, servanthood to one of, the, uh, one of the quotes that stood out to me was, you can't take the gospel to the wrong door. And I think, uh, I think soul winning needs to needs to be a big part of every church, but I, a lot of church plants, that's, that's a tough part of um, getting the ministry going. But that's all I had.
cut up a little bit, I'll, I get heartbroken. Every one of you guys need to go to this <clears throat> and learn something outside of the box you live in because you have a tendency, you know, I made a comment today, you know, an airplane can go down and kill 400 people. You go, wow, that's bad. But if your kin was on that plane, it'd be a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what it means to go to uh, the, the heart conference to see the unitedness of all these pastors and laymen just uh, putting what they can. And I told Don one time, God could get by with two pence as well as he can with $2 million. It's the heart that's behind them all. And those guys are willing to do it. And they're willing to do what we, what you or I will not do. And uh, the song today, uh, Hear My Lord, you know, I, first song I ever sang this pulpit with a man called Brother Hit was a preacher was living lived here for a while and uh, and I'm always cutting out say here am I Lord send him <laughs> <coughs> and God knows my heart I'd go but it's but if you don't go and expose yourself to certain things you'll you just live in the box you live in <coughs> somebody upsets you and you'll leave and then you'll do you'll do nothing but uh you need to realize there's a lot of heart in this. I love it to death that that many people can get united on certain circumstances. Certain preachers preach. The sermons are unbelievable and very convicting. I told preacher they're a little bit hard for young Christians because it's got a lot of meat in it. <laughs> you know, and there's no, not much sincere milk, but uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. And and same same holds necessary to. Uh, I was telling Suzanne, Carla, and Ben that uh, we need to take another good look and real hard with our billfolds and our hearts to the uh, seed conferences. We'll talk about more, but anyway, get me going. I'll get there. I won't be able to get over to this. But uh, anyway, <clears throat> I want to mention that uh, I wrote all these notes to myself and can't hardly get it. One thing I'll, I'll skip a lot, <clears throat> go to this point here. My son is doing a project in Oklahoma City <clears throat> for a large company, very large company. And it's got a huge buildings. They bought like 40 homes, three big office, beautiful office buildings. They torn them all down but one. And as we're driving up, I said, boy, I wish you guys could have seen this one. And the big terrariums and plants growing inside and gorgeous. It's still there. We got to walk around talking. And Chris said, he'll give our church two weeks notice or more. <clears throat> we can take anything you want. You know that we gave quite a bit of money to Donna to go to those figures. But. We got, there's an elevator in that building that's ours. All we got to do is go get it. Now, I'm a plumber, so there's toilets, there's the kitchen, there's, there's urinals. I mean, you're talking money, lots of money. Fire extinguishers in the wall. You're talking thousands and thousands of dollars at our expense. We can just go get it. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> you don't go, you never see, you don't have. My life verses, Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw the great multitude before he was moved with compassion. Well, who are we to sit back and say, oh, Jesus is just God? No, you're not. If it wasn't preacher surrendering himself to go to the field of a place you wouldn't dream to go, preacher, I don't know what you're going to say. But you know what I'm saying? It's, 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 you're, missing, you're missing a good part of your life by excusing yourselves away from going to that. Now, the first time I went to anything that shocked me out of my self, went to Hammond, Indiana, with hair to, down to here, and three necklaces, and, and, and I didn't have any clothes. They ripped everything off of me, and then, well, we, 
But what I'm saying is it turned, it changed my life. I saw there's more to life than me. And, uh, and that's true in our, all of our lives. You need to send your kids. You need to go. You need to go as a family. You just need to go and learn to, learn to love what people love more than yourself. And, and that, that's my, that was my worst enemy. My whole life was what I could get out of life, not what I could put back into the life. So anyway, uh, I could go on for hours. But anyway, that building alone is going to more than pay the more money we'll ever put in to our church plant. And that can be happening too through the, through the seed project. Because what it does, and that's working for the, we're working at the angle of the death. And uh, as preacher said, at least one, that <laughs> death for the most overlooked people there is. But they don't listen for one thing. <laughs> but I have to do that to keep from crying, basically. I have to cut up, you know. I'm a big crybaby. Then guys get up and preach, and I just leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, you can't beat it. I'd make a point to make a point to be there. I just wish they held it in January or February or March. Or no, no, July or August. <laughs> so it wouldn't be so cold. <laughs> least one for family and we'd ask that you keep these because the work has just started this is just the step one that's giving the money and what the real work starts now and that's pray there's a lot of information on the sheet pray for the people that are on there that we're now engaged with so we'd ask that you hang on to those for prayer purposes I'll uh, take some time in just a couple of minutes to go over it so you don't have to figure it out uh, what I'm going to do instead of testify is I'm going to read the testimonies of the people that can't be here. And, uh, and then uh, Brother Street, who's uh, got a lot of heart for this thing from, from the get-go. Uh, I'll just have to translate that because I can't get that open. Uh, I'll, I'll explain the sheet to you in just a few minutes. I just wanted to take the time to hand it out. Uh, first one is from Brother Herb. It's on my wife's phone because I left my phone at home. But uh, he wrote in, he, uh, he participated, he goes every year that he can. This year he had some things coming out of his feet, he couldn't go. But he was on every service but one, and his son Justin stood up and did his dad's part while his dad wasn't there, which is what we want our youth to do. And so I told Brother Herb, I got good news and bad news. We gave away some of your money you thought you had left to give, but it was Justin, and he did it in the way you would have done it had you been here. So it was a, it was a real blessing. He basically wrote, it's, uh, he watched from home, and it was great. The preaching started good and got better and better. But what he missed was the fellowship. Uh, he loves the function of what we do, but he loves the function that we have. The going, the down there, the prayer meeting that we have on Wednesday night, and uh, he really missed that. And that uh, while he watched it online as far as the services, it's really, really good to do that and, and should do that, but it's not as good as being there. That was from Brother Herb. Now, three uh, folks that aren't normally here, I'll read theirs, they wrote, uh, WMBM, Worldwide Military Baptist Missions, that's sponsored by this church, it's a separate 501c3, we uh, reached out to some people that we support, uh, Brother Tyler Ryberg did, and he said, would you like to come, and we paid their way there, and while they were there, we showed them how we did it, and we allowed them to prayerfully give away some of the money that was given through here, some was given through WMBM. But uh, this one's from Brother Jim Hart. He's the executive director of something called Christian Servicemen's Center. 
and uh, he's right there at Camp Lejeune. He's been there for close on to 40 years. And uh, he says there's a scriptural answer to everything. Everything you run into in life, there's a scripture that covers it. And he's literally a walking Bible, and it's amazing the way that he applies it. Here's his uh, message to you guys from his being there. It says, you can tell them that it was evident that God was moving this year and that many wonderful things were done for the donating of the monies and that there will be great rewards in heaven for all those invested in these churches. Now, he's been doing this for 40 years. Never been there, never heard of it. He's been investing in rings for 40 years. What did I see Brother Jim Hart do while he was there? There was a little girl serving, actually, in the cleanup line. At, they, they fed us lunch and supper there. And there was a little girl he recognized. You know how he recognized her? She's a college freshman. He won her daddy the Lord, but he was a young Marine before he was ever married. He followed on. He discipled that man. And he gets to see that man's daughter at a church planting conference, cleaning up afterwards. And it blessed his old soul, and I understand it. Last year, I got to go to Heartland and speak to the K-12 through students. They treated me very well. I got to talk to their children. It was wonderful. They have a big old tall guy that's the superintendent of those schools at Heartland Baptist Bible College. Brother Jim Hart saw him. Superintendent of schools at Heartland Baptist Bible College, a young Marine that he won at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, decades ago, or whatever, 20-some years ago. We don't know here the impact of what we do, whether it's giving or going, but God gave a good servant of his those two blessings just as a, oh, by the way, while we were there. This one from Brother Dennis Hazelwood. Uh, he's, uh, he actually has one of these servicemen centers down at Fort Leonard Wood. Lord willing, we'll be able to engage with them and help them actually do some events. They're just a little over an hour away from us as they serve all services through Fort Leonard Wood. Here's what he and his wife wrote their first time there. Brother Don, I wanted to take a moment to give God glory for a wonderful, wonderful experience at Heartland Baptist Bible College Church Planning Conference. Praise the Lord. He asked me to pray over a list of church planters and got what God would have me to do with the $6,000, which ended up actually being $7,000, and actually after that became $7,500 because you people don't know when to stop giving, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> he says, my wife Diana and I prayed about it, and the Holy Spirit did not disappoint. By the time Thursday evening rolled around, we had given all of it. Thanks to all those who gave and made this possible and supported church planters across the U.S., to include works that affect by way of our military men and women, which, as you know, is near and dear to my heart also. Not only was the giving a tremendous blessing, the ministry music was very, very uplifting, God-honoring, and the preaching was second to none for that conference. The messages on the light of Christ and who we are in Christ and the solution to our woes in all of our cities in America is to plant a church. And the rest of the messages, their eyes upon Jesus, take a really good look at what I'm doing for the Lord, why I'm doing it for the Lord, how I'm doing it for the Lord, with what motives and attitude. Tremendous, tremendous blessings to be sure. God also blessed me with a meeting while we were there. Praise the Lord. Thank you again for the opportunity and blessing. May God continue to richly bless you and those involved in putting this ministry opportunity together and may fruit richly abound for our edification and God's glory. Love you in the Lord, brother. Dennis and Diana Hazelwood, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Uh, not writing a letter, but calling in on Wednesday night for a prayer meeting where we had 13 people assembled from about 10.30 till about midnight in the hotel lobby with uh, testimonies going on. It was Colonel Brother Tyler Ryberg. And folks, the best way I can describe as we asked him what he had to say, 
was it sounded like we were back in the Old Testament and Moses began to recount with power the works that Brother Tyler has seen God do over the years. And I can't describe it other than God was moving through a great man that we have the great privilege to be associated with here. And uh, by the way, uh, just before we get to the money, I'll just say this. On WMBM of the total that I'm going to report in a few minutes, gave $30,000 of the monies we're going to report. $30,000 of that came from churches around America into worldwide military Baptist missions into our church for distribution as God showed us how. It is the first year since we've started that the church actually gave a little more than worldwide military Baptist missions. Every year that we report that, it's always been they've given more than we have. For this year, by the grace of God, there's more of us than there are them. It should be more, but uh, for this year, it was uh, a little more. So we're so thankful for Colonel Ryberg. Uh, this one is from Brother Mark Chamberlain. He's a man that he's not a member here yet, but he attends some, and he, uh, he went and he was, uh, he was awed about it. Here's his uh, written response. He's uh, with his son in Arkansas on his birthday right now. It was my first year attending the conference. I went in blind without expectation, not knowing procedure or protocol. So I prayed for guidance. What I received was his overwhelming presence, making clear my instructions. There were those presenting whom I would not have pledged money to at all, left my own devices and bias, yet I was told to pledge in how much, so I did. It's called obedience. Others to whom I wanted desperately my heart to pledge to, God said, nope, this one's not for you. Others are going to take care of this one. And by the way, he's not the only one with this testimony. We went with the instructions to ask and just simply obey whatever God told us. But he wrote it down very nicely. He said, so I had to sit on my hands, bite my tongue, but I obeyed. Then when the pledging was completed, the final tally was much higher than any other in the conference to that point. This particular one he wanted to, but God said no. Uh, this was my confirmation of God's will, bolstering my confidence moving forward. Our omnipotent Father, who knows the number of hairs on each of our heads, ensured the assignment of every penny pledged throughout the entire conference according to his glorious will was a witness of a true miracle and a personal blessing the biggest part of the personal blessing however was to be in his presence for three whole days it was his availability for personal interaction with our living true risen savior at will for three whole days throughout the entire time we were distracted by the weight of wanting to make the right and righteous decisions by our own devices, according to our own plan, decisions that God was leading us to anyway, despite our own thoughts and plans. While distracted, he gave us a gift that will take days and likely weeks or months till he realize and decipher. He gave us all three days in his presence and his glory surrounded by his might, his authority, his love. The truth is, the magnitude of which all at once would likely have been overwhelming without moral distraction. Jesus loved to tell stories and teach in parables, those who know me know that I'm pretty fond of a good story myself, sometimes an even not-so-good story, and that's true. I do know him. Uh, just ask the folks who was blessed to share the bus ride to the conference. God bless them in their patience. If there was a short version of this story, it might be this. You cannot spend three days in the presence of God without being transformed. So very grateful for the invitation as well as the honor and privilege to have attended the conference. Thank you. Please get out your sheets. If you'll turn to page two of two, we'll start with the bottom line up front. At the bottom of the page, there's a number that's highlighted. 
That's almost what we gave this year. That number is $85,900. Last year it was $77,000. There are some guys that stuck some in that I didn't have the chance to record, so it was something just over $86,000 this year, 9,000 more than last year. The way that came out, if you look right to the right of that number, there's a number 58,300. It's under a column that says BBC one time. We left a check there when we left. It was signed by Miss Kristen. Soon to no longer be Clint and myself. It was for 58,300, most all of that from us. We also pledged $1,150 a month for the next two years, about the middle of each month, starting next month and continuing through January of 2026. That number will total out to be 27,600. If you add 27,600 going out monthly, that's a total amount to the 58,300. You'll see with the dollars they dropped in the final offering that I didn't know about just over $86,000. Now, <clears throat> I wanna call your attention to the row about three up from the bottom that says final offering. We didn't know the first year that we went that that they had such a thing, but this year we knew and we warned everybody, you want to keep some back because there are a total of 36 people that got to, uh, actually a little bit less than that, 75, 76 people there, less than half of them got to get up and state their case. And so what they try to do is those that stick around to the end, they take up an offering and that offering is split between those guys that didn't get to get up there. If you look this year, our number was 30, $800 that we held back. So I'm not going to go into the theology of it, but if you read the book of Ruth, God blesses you based on how much of your corners you leave for others. Read the story of Ruth and read about the gleaning in the corners. He doesn't tell you how big to leave the corners. But one man said these words, most people get all they can and then they can all they get. And then they sit on that can and make sure they keep everything that's in that can. Leave your corners where God's people can use them and God will bless you for it. So we left $3,800 for that. If you look at the conference in the row that's totaled uh, just slightly to the right of center on page two, total church planning conference one time, if you look at that total, I recorded 898640. What I didn't have, you see the final offering? I didn't know what was given. The answer is the conference left about $38,000, and that's the difference. The number that the conference recorded this year, one time, was $934,650 plus $10,470 per month. Most everybody got up would say for two years, but some didn't. Some would just say so much a month. So what I did is extrapolated that out. The total number of the conference, if that number was given for 12 months, would be $1.06 million. If it was given for 24 months, the number we saw raised was $1.18 million. Now, you'll see some, uh, bottom left, you'll see some uh, highlights. Uh, military is in a certain color, got white font. You'll see that there are seven military works, which I think is appropriate for us being a church that supports the military and the winning souls of those that keep us free. Seven of those works. We also have a lot of interest in the deaf. There are only two deaf church planters there. Uh, they're on page one, you'll see them. You'll know their names from previous years, Jeff, Jeff Casper. The, these, if you haven't noticed it yet, they are alphabetized. The, 
the report is organized alphabetically by last name. Jeff Casper and Scott Crabtree, and you can see how much the church gave, and you can see how much they got. Let's look at Brother Casper for a minute. You'll see some zeros over here to the right. That means that he didn't get to get up and present at the conference, but our church still gave him a total of $2,750. And then uh, Brother Crabtree did get to present. You'll see that he got a great deal more. He's doing a fine job paying off that debt on a church, a deaf church is approaching debt-free status. Our other interest is Missouri. If you look, there are five works in Missouri. I've got them highlighted in a different color. All five works in Missouri got support from us, and you'll be able to see the amounts as you're praying. So that is the report you guys gave, $85,900 plus a little, and this is how we gave it, gave it away. If you've got any questions on that, you can ask Brother Street or myself. Thank you so much for giving, and thanks to the guys that went and distributed as God showed them how. Brother Street's going to close it up before I preach. Well, I'd like to open by saying that, you know, all these men that, that get to go and all the ones that don't, I just, I just love all you guys. I mean, it's, it's such a, a blessing to get to go and spend time and fellowship and uh, just be a part of something that's, uh, you know, a lot bigger than us, you know. Um, I kind of feel uh, a little selfish. You know how our lives get so busy and, you know, your daily routine, you get kind of stuck in it and, uh, you know, you, you want to give time to God and then you think, well, you know, I'm going to give him this much time and then uh, you give him that and then pretty soon it's like, you know, that, that time's not enough. And I feel real selfish about going to this conference because it's three days with the Lord, <laughs> you know. And it is, it, it's been something that I look forward to every year. And, I'll, I'll, you know, people ask me, why do you want to go? And I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I want to go. I think everybody else has kind of touched on, you know, the conference and how good it is and the numbers and so forth. Well, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm just going to, I'm going to tell you where my heart's at on this. And, and if, <clears throat> if I get emotional, just forgive me. Uh, if you can imagine a day that the only requirement is to listen and to be obedient to the Holy Spirit, you know, you get up in the morning, you get dressed, you don't have to make your bed, you're already in hotels, you know. You don't have to get the kids up or make them breakfast or pack lunches or do chores. You don't have to feed the hay, feed, the, feed grain to your calves. You don't have to check the cows for new calves. You don't have to make sure that the kids are ready for the, to go to school and be there on time. You know, there's no cooking, no cleaning, no washing, uh, no boss breathing down your neck, you know, no deadlines to meet. There, there's... There's no business meetings, no major decisions, no employees to direct. You know, you, you don't even have to make your own breakfast, you know. You just go down and eat, and, and af after you've enjoyed someone else's cooking, you know, you get to go to a place where other like-minded people are, and they're gathered there. You open with prayer and, and a song, and as you are worshiping through singing, there's a, such a sweet spirit that comes on you. And you guys, you guys that have been there know exactly what I'm talking about, you know. And th this is where, this is where it, 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 it 
almost ushers in the Holy Spirit. You know, you're inviting him to spend the day with you. And I don't do that near enough, you know. I don't know how many of us do, but I sure don't. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me see. Your mind is, is crisp and clear. You're not worrying about the worldly things. Let me see. You just anticipate what's next. They call three men to the platform to present. The first one gets up and starts praising the Lord about what he's, what the Lord's doing in his ministry and what he's already done. And then the Holy Spirit in a small voice. He says, this is my servant. And a warm feeling comes over you. And as you listen to his trials and his problems, you share his burdens and his pain. And the Holy Spirit knits your souls together. For the purpose of God's growing kingdom. You have made the choice to be used of God at this place, in this manner, at this time. And you're a part of something that's much greater than yourself. You know you have the ability to give and meet a need. And there's no greater reward than being able to give. And meet a need that you know is of God. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just so blessed that, that this church allows me to go down there and spend time with my Savior. You know, I, I, I can't think of a better three days that I spend the whole year than to this conference. And, and my challenge to you would be, if you want to get close to God and to hear his voice, and to be obedient, then I would challenge you to go, you know. And it, maybe it's a selfish thing that I do, but I do it because it's, it's great, you know. I wouldn't have it any other way. I want to thank this church for all that they give and all that they do. I want to thank all the men that go. Thank Don, you know, Don's amazing. He's, he's like a mentor to me. I just love that man. Well, I love you all, but, you know. I just want to, I just want to just to show you a little bit of my heart. And I hope, hope you didn't get offended by it. So, um, bless you all and thank you so much. From all the reporting that we gave you, all the numbers that we gave you, the different reports, I'm absolutely convinced that we didn't touch the top three percent of what all God did while we was there it's just a glimpse he was working he did all kind of things uh, with all kind of people and uh, I want to go completely away we've been talking numbers and all of this I want to go completely away from that and I want to go to um, what he did with people I'll make a real sad statement 
I don't know the exact number, but it's somewhere in the neighborhoods of one or two out of every 100 Christians will ever have someone in heaven because they personally reached them. I don't know the exact numbers, but I know that's a sad statistic. Now, the truth of the matter is, I'm going to show you what God showed me to give you out of that, and that is uh, we've got a whole bunch of commands, but you can give, you can go, but the truth of the matter is when it becomes real to you is when it's, <laughs> my wife's favorite movie is a movie called Shenandoah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It was the Civil War, and a man had a farm with a bunch of boys in the state of Virginia, and he refused to enter on either side. But one day, his 14-year-old son was captured, and he stopped saying, it's not my war. He said, it's my war now. I want to share with you from three people, Judah, Joseph, and Jesus, and to make him personal of not just a conference, not just dollars. But what is church planning? What does personal salvation mean to you? You're in. Going to sit on the can and just keep yourself? Are you going to afford the opportunity to others? Here's what happened in one family. We'll start. You guys all know the story of Joseph, how his brothers, as a young boy, I think he was somewhere around 17, sold him to some travelers, and he wound up, Potiphar's house wound up, about 13 years in prison, got out, through a series of dreams at age 30. Now, he's been in the jail 13 years. He's come out. He's talked to, to Pharaoh. He's given him the plan, seven lean years, seven uh, strong years. And apparently, uh, this is about to start. And so, where are we going to come into this now? Joseph is probably at least 37 years old where we're going to start reading because the seven lean years have already happened. And people around the world are going hungry no place to get any food any place except up Egypt because of this fellow called Joseph. Eleven brothers back at home starting to go hungry. Their daddy talks to them, say, I've heard there's grain down there. Go down and get me some. They went, brought it back, said they couldn't come back unless they brought your little brother Benjamin. So I'm just cutting through all the chase to set the stage. And I want you to join me in Genesis chapter 43. We're going to make it real personal to all of us. I want to tell you how this touched my heart. Genesis chapter 43, daddy had already lost one son as far as he knew, the son from his favorite wife. As far as he knew, Joseph had been torn by animals because that's what his sons portrayed. Boy, he's going to do anything he can to hang on to that one favorite son that's left, that youngest child named Benjamin. Several of the boys come and say, we're going to go back hungry if we don't bring him. And so here's what Judah said, verse 8 and 9. And Judah took it personal. He said, And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad, that's Benjamin, with me, and we will arise and go, that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. He said, This has further impact than just us. I will be surety for him. You guys know what surety means providing his personal guarantee that he will be responsible for this one boy named Benjamin, older brother Judah. Of my hand shalt thou require him, if I bring him not unto thee, and set him before thee, 
then let me blame, bear the blame forever. So let's just stop for just a minute. Let's put ourselves in Judah's shoes, and I'm going to ask you this question. Who is it that ain't going to get to heaven if you don't get that person on your heart like Judah got Benjamin on his part, on his heart, and went before his father? Who is it that's not going to make it to heaven if God don't have somebody like you that feels like that about that person? So that sets the scene. He talks to his daddy. They load up. They go. And they get down there. And when they get down there, chapter 44, starting in verse 18, I'm not going to start reading it there, but a lot of things happen. Joseph hasn't revealed himself to him yet, but he's told him, I'm going to keep Benjamin here with me. You can take your stuff and your corn and go back, but Benjamin's going to stay with me. Starting in verse 18 and culminating the last verse in the chapter, chapter 34, Judah is making a plea to Joseph that he's going to kill his dad if he's not able to take Benjamin back home with him. And one night when my son Rick was about nine, my daughter Nikki was about three, just before midnight, Norma was asleep, I read this story. And when I got to verse 34, God made real to me that question. He was talking about his little brother, but what God did in my heart he was talking to me about my children. And here's the question that Judah asked. That we need to ask ourselves. Look at this in verse 34. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? I spent the rest of the night, I don't know how long, three or four hours, I think it was Rick's bedroom first, my kids were both sound sleepers. I laid down, I cuddled them up, and I poured out my heart to God for my son and then for my daughter. I like to think I know what the verse means. And praise God, they're in. Their kids are in. My grandkids, the last one having got saved just a couple of years ago. Would that have happened? I know God cares when our heart's broken over somebody that we see. It's not up to us, but God likes us to feel like it is. God likes to know that it's serious. It's more than just hearing a preaching and an invitation. Have you ever thought about it? Is there anybody that you'd be ashamed to face God if that person wasn't with you? As we pray for these folks that are going, Here's the deal. We gave you numbers, and these people are going to places we've never heard of. But you know what's at the end of every place that's on this sheet that we handed out that y'all gave money towards? It's somebody that needs him. It's the opportunity to send them. This will never get as real to you as it needs to until we realize that God wants our heart to be broken over somebody else's, now that ours are in, over somebody else's sons and daughters, grandsons, and granddaughters, if you read chapter 45, Joseph reveals himself. And what's going to happen is still not good. And by the way, what we're living in, it ain't good. And as far as I can tell, it's going to get worse. But you know what God did through the providence 
of Joseph and the position he put him in, he made sure that his family was cared for as they came down with their families and they were accounted for because of God's goodness. Our sins are passed on to our children. It says so in Romans 5, 12, as by the sin of one. But read Romans 5, 19. So by the righteousness of one shall many come to righteousness. My plea for the soul winning conference is simply this. Let God break your heart about that somebody, and whoever that is and however much he breaks your heart, rejoice when that somebody gets in, and then be willing to share that story by making it available for somebody else to have the means and go to all those other names and people. You know how wicked the West is, how wild the West is? You know how many boys from Georgia and South Carolina God is picking up and sending to Idaho and Colorado? Why? Because they ain't hurt out there. Got some people willing to go. And praise God, we go to a church that's willing to send them. How many people that are deaf in Mexico ain't going to get there if they don't see the word that our church has a part in? Who's going to get their hearts broken for that? Anyway, that's all I got. God, I, I pray, Lord, that uh, we thank you so much for continuing to do what only you can do. God, how in the world could we take some stuff down there and you send back something we didn't even see coming? More value than what we brought with us. God, this elevator thing. Wow. But God, more than that, when we get to heaven, how many people will we get to see that we didn't have any knowledge of till we get there? And they'll say, I'm here because you sent. I'm here because you came. God, break our hearts over individual souls that we might have a part in a hand in the goodness you're doing in these last days. Lord, help us to be a part of that. Make it personal for each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Church that needs